for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. How is everyone doing? I have a special treat for you today. I am so excited for you to meet these ladies. They are all former A players. They are all powerhouse business owners. And actually, in my books, there are a lot more than business owners. Today's conversation is really all about shifting from being just a business owner to really stepping into that thought leader space. And all of these women have done that so beautifully. And I think it's something that all of our People, all of my people need to be understanding and starting to embrace little by little, even when you don't feel like you're ready, even when you don't feel like you have the experience or the blah, blah, blah. I feel like it's so important that all of us entrepreneurs start to step into this arena. And we're going to talk a little bit about the how they did that in this conversation. What a way to start a Monday. Okay. So. Without further ado, I really want you to meet these incredible mamapreneurs. So Jeanette, why don't you take it first? Tell everyone who you are and what you do. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me today, Leanne. I know we've been trying to connect for so long about this. My name is Jeanette Yee, and I am a perinatal athletic therapist. So what I do is I work with athletes while they're pregnant to keep them active and healthy and injury-free. And then I rehabilitate them after childbirth on the back end to get them back into exercise and sport performance. And I am best known for cesarean birth rehabilitation and my online courses with that. Amazing. Oh, it's so great to hear you talk about it. Okay, next up, we have Chris Swale. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, thank you also for having me. This is such an honor and it's just so exciting. So I'm Chris Swale and I'm a life and health coach and I work with women who feel stuck but are ready and willing to drop the guilt and the overwhelm and create the life that they want to live. Yes! Oh my gosh. So excited to have you here as well. And last but certainly not least, Dee, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Good morning, everybody, and thanks so much, Leanne, for having me here. I'm very excited as well. My name is Dee, and my company is called Boswell But Creative Consulting. And what I do is I help business owners connect with their ideal client in the online space with strategy. Oh, my goodness. I love how succinct you are at, at describing that. You are good. You're all amazing. And just in case you missed it, all of these ladies are A-player graduates. A few of you have actually done, actually, you all did six months of A-players because back when Jeanette was in it, it was a six-month program. That was two years ago now, right? Years ago, yeah. You were yeah. part of it right before the start of the pandemic. And then I think Dee and Chris, you were not long after that. You were one of the, you guys were the first three-month cohorts, correct? And you, did you two do it at the same time? Yep, yeah, we did. Amazing. Well, part of the reason, you might be wondering, part of the reason why I wanted to have a few A players on who did the program so long ago is I really believe that when you invest in yourself, you're not just investing in getting the quick wins. You really are investing in a journey that's going to serve you for months and years and sometimes even decades beyond. And I think about some of the stuff that we learned together in that program. And now I, I see you all, you know, it's two years on and how much you have grown and, and like what rock stars you are too. When I, when I think of thought leaders, I really, really think of all of you. So that's just a little bit of the behind the scenes why I chose these ladies today. And I'd love for each of you to just sort of take a moment, take us back to the person you were and the business you were before doing A players. So Jeanette, since you were the earliest, we'll start with you. So when we started, it was actually November 2019, a little bit more than two years ago. So you're right, pre-pandemic, the whole deal. And at that time, I had an almost two-year-old. And as an athletic therapist, the practice that I always knew was one-on-one -on -one in person care. And I knew that wasn't sustainable. So I was trying to figure out different ways to promote healing after childbirth without having maybe to do one-on-one, -on -one, but that just wasn't even a concept I knew about. 
And then also because my son was born with a a physical disability, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do the 12 hours at a clinic downtown. So I approached you, Leanne, because I needed help with seeing outside the box. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I feel so honored that you said to me as someone who helped you think outside the box. That's beautiful. Chris, how about you? Where were you at when you, like, just take us back a couple of years. I had been struggling. I really felt unhappy and guilt because, you know, I, I guess on paper, I had this great life. I should be happy, but I wasn't. I was not content. I knew that I needed to be doing something that I felt passionate about. And I got trained as a life coach and a health coach. But then I was kind of just doing it like a hobby, <laughs> you know, full on imposter syndrome and sort of convincing myself that I was just fine if it wasn't a business, you know, I'll just do it like a hobby and that's enough. But I knew deep down that it was not enough. And I had been following Leanne in Mama Zico and, you know, and it's just sort of like dipping my toe in here and there. And then we connected a couple of times and finally, I think we both knew I was ready. So I just like, it was just time for me to say yes, because I knew in my heart, like this is like, I'm not going to be happy if I'm not doing what I really want to do. And I feel like, I don't know, like I'm meant to do if that sounds cheesy, but yeah. So I just like, it was time for me to say yes. And so I went all in and I said, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember sort of that feeling of like you wanting to play a bigger game, but also that fear was there of like, but what does that look like to go all in and what yeah. does work out? And I think we've all had those moments. Dee, how about you? Where were you a couple years ago? A couple of years ago, I mean, when I'm thinking back was like the start of the pandemic. So at the time, I was very happy to have my own business. However, I wasn't happy in my business. And that time I was taking on any type of clients and they happened to be like the, the wrong type of clients. I wasn't feeling that I was in alignment as well. I was also feeling very overworked and very burnt out. So I was putting myself, well, you know, I started this business so I could put myself first. I started, I started this business so I can put my family first and none of that was happening. I was going through a lot of stress. And I also remember that I was also throwing past at the wall. It was like, am I getting paid or am I not getting paid? Oh, great. Someone paid me and I was paying the bills and whatnot, but. I was not keeping track of my number. So there was always being in that state of nervousness. Yeah. Yeah. So in every, in all of your cases, it's not like you didn't have a business. You were business owners, but you knew that something had to shift. In all of you, there was sort of this call to arms and this feeling of like, this is not exactly the business that I envisioned for myself, whether it was doing the type of work you knew was sustainable or wasn't serving the right people or wasn't making money. I'd love to talk a little bit about what you feel is the difference between maybe that person, the business owner, and a thought leader. What do you feel like is the difference? Chris, I'll come to you first, if that's okay. A business owner, to me, has a business and they may love it, but it it may just be to pay the bills or maybe it's even, well, I just need to do this. And, you know, there may not be passion and love there and or real drive and I, th- I think a thought leader wants to contribute more positively and has this passion and drive and, and knows that things are possible and more is possible and is not afraid to explore what that takes or even challenge norms that just don't sit right with them and be vulnerable. Like, and so I, I think that a thought leader really will push the envelope and just decide that change can happen regardless of maybe all the other messaging around her and go for it and be an example to others and be cool with failing. I love this so much. What I'm hearing you say is having the courage to do things that the regular business owner maybe isn't doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeanette, how about you? What do you feel is the difference between a business owner and a thought leader? First of all, I think they both, to me, is a mindset. It's not just action. And certainly for me, I had always been a business owner as a therapist, but I never thought of myself as one. And I would do things on the back end to run a business and to create a salary that my clients would never see, nor should they even really know about. Thought leadership to me is also a mindset, but it's external facing. When I think of myself as someone who knows a lot about perinatal care, 
it doesn't matter what I think. It matters how that messaging gets out there and other people hear that message and the right people hearing that message. And whether it be consumers hearing that message or other business people hearing that message, that was a big difference that came to light working with you, Leanne, because I never understood that it was, first of all, a mindset thing. And secondly, that was internal facing kind of information that clients didn't need to hear, plus the external information that clients needed to hear. Yeah, and I, I recall you had some people in your industry that you really looked up to. And I recall there was this feeling of like, well, they must have something that I don't have. Do you want to speak to that? That is mindset. I think that comes down to that, Leanne, because I literally sat there just now and I was racking my brain about who is she talking about? Because I don't worry about what other people are doing in the sense of, oh my gosh, I put them on a pedestal. Oh my gosh, they have something that's so fantastic. They must know more than I do. They deserve this and I don't. I need to do my you know, my share of getting into the trenches. So I think I know who who you were referring to. The mindset has changed so much in the past two years where I look at that same person maybe as a competitor two years ago. And now literally it's something that motivates me or even just inspires me to think a little differently outside the box. Hey, why are they doing so well, let's say on social media? And I did what I thought was something similar, but I didn't get the same result. And or... Yeah. Maybe that's just front facing. I don't really know what her ROI is. Doesn't really matter because I know my ROI was solid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And to me, I mean, being a thought leader is partly not worrying about what other people are doing. And I think that is always an evolution. I think when we're new, I mean, I can remember doing this too. When we're new, we're constantly comparing ourselves to people who might even only be that little bit further ahead. Or as you kind of pointed out, they might look like they have it all together, but they're not actually making money. And so they don't actually have a business. They're more of just just an influencer. And when we talk thought leader, yeah. we are really talking, in my opinion, whole package, healthy business, positive mindset, you know, the forward facing stuff that you're talking about. That's when it's really all coming together for me. So I could go on and on, but I would love to hear from you, Dee. What's the difference to you between a thought leader and a business owner? When I think business owner, yes, it's definitely the what it is you're doing on that back end, the books, you're keeping track of things. You're also focused on sales. But as a thought leader, it's about speaking up and it's about speaking out to your audience about what it is that really matters if they were are to reach out to you. A lot of people, they come to me because they want more sales, but when I'm putting out my content, social media is not just about the sales. It's also about what type of individual wants to reach out to you. What type of people do you want to work with? When I put out my content it, and, and I'm talking about being a thought leader, I want people to think more about what is it that they want for their business? What type of impact can they make? So what's interesting about your line of work is you are a thought leader in the digital marketing space, but you're also helping other business owners become thought leaders. And that's kind of similar to me too. And and I'm sure, Chris, you come across this as well, that you coach some women that are like, oh, I, I kind of want to step up. And, and so this is, I think this is natural that when you're a thought leader, you attract other people who want to create similar things as you do. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that can be hard because it's it's a lot of pressure inspiring others every day and keeping people moving and keeping getting people results that it can be a lot of pressure. I think that's why some people don't make the leap to thought leader. A lot of people just stay comfortable. And actually, that's my next question for you. I want to talk about how we have to do uncomfortable things. Becoming a thought leader, as you all touched on, requires us doing things out of our comfort zone. So can you share with me a specific example of something that you have created or done in your business that as you were doing that, you were like, okay, this is me stepping up. Like this, this right here is putting me in the thought leader, thought leadership realm as opposed to, you know, playing it safe, doing what I've always done. I'd love to hear from each of you. Jeanette, why don't you go first on this one? You know, I literally, Leanne, had like 10,000 things to list here. And I was like, Leanne just wants one. <laughs> so, what made me the most uncomfortable? First of all, I have been inspired by you to do a lot of uncomfortable things. 
The first thing was literally creating a course, right? That was two years ago. That was my first of four courses. Like I can't even tell you how many workshops. And now it's just what I do and I love. But in a nutshell, the most uncomfortable thing I've ever had to do was have a social media presence. So when I started working with you, yes, I was almost two years postpartum. And yeah, my Instagram had been up for two years, but it was just almost like a placeholder thing. Didn't know how to leverage it to use it as a, I don't know, a place where I can get clients, you know, a place for thought leadership. I didn't really understand what it was for. And at the age of 41, I was like, okay, what is this Instagram about? What? I guess I'm going to have to because this whole hoping someone refers a client to me has how I've been running my athletic therapy business for up to 18 years at that point. Granted, successful in terms of dollars and cents, but let me tell you, I was just run ragged. It was just so stressful every month. I need a new patient. Somebody took my patient. Da 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 da. I didn't follow up. Like you're spending more hours doing the back end struggle. So social media, the first time Leanne, I remember somebody DM'd me and asked if they could work with me. I was like, Oh my God, I got, a, I got somebody who wants to pay me money off the Instagram. And I remember texting a lot of my athletic therapy colleagues going, holy crap, this is a thing. And they're like, no, let's just see how many sessions they do or whatever. So, I mean, granted, word of mouth referrals, still the gold standard of the clients I want to get. I think we all want to. But when it comes down to thought leadership, people have eyes and ears on me and all of us in a way that I don't think we can possibly appreciate. And especially for my client base, Leanne, they're all postpartum women. They're scrolling through 24 hours a day and then globally, So people are consuming what I put out there at all times of the day. There is no peak hour for Jeanette E to post. So that was my biggest discomfort. And then COVID became an even bigger opportunity because everybody was online. Yes. Social media really helped me get a foot in the door before COVID started. And we can talk a little later about how that was literally a springboard for like general, like basically consuming medicine and healthcare online as a standard. So COVID was a blessing for my industry as an opportunity. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. And I love how you talk about, you know, you were already on Instagram and that piece wasn't yeah. uncomfortable. But what you realized was the stuff that I'm putting out there is not actually, you know, I'm putting all this time and energy into it, but it's not, it wasn't the right things. And I think it's when you stepped up and really started talking about the things that were bothering you, you started having an intense opinion about stuff. It was like stardom because I'm looking at you now, 14,000 followers on Instagram. Right. And I think when we were working together, it was like maybe closer to 1,400. I, I don't know. No, no, it wasn't even a thousand. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even a thousand. That's incredible. And, and that's a great example of, you know, what Jeanette doesn't do. She's not on a million different platforms because when you're a thought leader, you don't need to be everywhere. You need to be where your people are at. And I would actually... You know, I would actually just, I'm going to challenge one thing that you said, which is, I think we all want, I felt the same way that my best customers come from word of mouth. However, just last week, I signed on, well, a whole bunch of A players from the spring cohort, yay, but two come to mind, didn't know them two months ago at all. They came to the free trial and I believe they found us through social media or potentially might've been paid ads and now they're A players. So I assumed my best clients came from certain places, but we're seeing that change. And you're right. I think a big part of that is people are online more. People are embracing the idea of getting help online much more than they did a few years ago. So I am loving this. And I want to hear from D next. D, what were some of those like big and scary things that you did that forced you into that thought leader realm? You know, working with you, I mean, I started my podcast. I'm very proud of that. And I'm showing up every single week. So that's all about, um, you know, organization as well. But I'm really proud of my LinkedIn course. I had a LinkedIn course and I remembered just taking my time, making it very, very perfect. The, the whole mindset issue with, okay, I know I love LinkedIn. I know I can work LinkedIn, but who's going to want to listen to me about LinkedIn? And when I would, you know, when I started to put it out there on social media, I remembered thinking to myself, okay, I'm putting it out there on social. Okay, that's scary enough because now everybody's going to say, well, what does she know? But the big step for me was to actually put a post up on LinkedIn that I was having a LinkedIn course. 
So I'm so I'm so proud of it. I didn't overthink it. I put it on my website. I created my own little hub on my website. I didn't make it too complicated. I had about seven, I had about eight people register for the course. It was a paying course. It was six weeks and they loved it. And I had so much fun doing it as well. I also watched them on LinkedIn using those tactics. They even wrote recommendations for me as well. So working with you, it helped me to like, go through the process of not making things perfect and also like just ripping off that bandaid, just getting things done and jumping in. Oh my gosh. I love the ripping the bandaid. Thank you for bringing this up because I mean, here's the thing. And this is to me, this is one of the biggest differences between a business owner and a thought leader. A business owner thinks about doing stuff and a thought leader does those things. And I think a lot of people look at my clients, especially a program like A Players and they go, yeah, but you know, is it, isn't it okay to just sometimes not be doing all the time? And I'm like, yes, that's totally okay. But my A players, the women that I hold in the highest regard are moving forward regardless of all the mess that's happening around us. It's not as if we don't have tough things going on. It's not as if the pandemic didn't happen to us. It's that we decided we weren't going to let it define us and we weren't going to let it stop us. And we're moving forward through the discomfort. And yet, and, and there can still be seasons where we turn inward and we regroup and we're more in that research phase or that just more of a inward facing phase. But what I love about each of you is you've sort of said, no, there was a time when I said, this is the thing that needs to get done. And so for you, D, it was your course. I love this because I think thought leaders are creating movements. They're launching programs. They're launching podcasts. They're creating their own platforms and then the customers are coming because no doubt you've got people in the course, but you probably also got a whole bunch of other people that didn't want the course, but started seeing you because you were showing up promoting the course. Did that happen? That absolutely did happen. I remembered a lot of people reaching out because I had ads running as well. I was making more of an effort to show up on social media. What I do is I do help business owners to show up, but I do go through the struggle as other businesses do, where I have to make the time for my business to show up as well. So when I started to share more content, I did have more people reaching out, not only for LinkedIn, but for other services that I do too. That's so beautiful when that all, when it all starts to come together. Chris, how about you? What were some of those examples of those bigger thought leader moves for you? Oh, I love this question. I just have to say so much because thought leaders don't just think they do. And while I was thinking about this question, I just get into my own horse a little bit here, but I like, I was just like, I blew my own mind. I'm just like, I'm done. Just like tonight. I was like, what do I pick? You know? And then I realized like, it was because I'm like, wow, in the last two years, which have felt so heavy. And there's been so many times when I've just been like, I can't do this. What am I doing? You know, and it felt like everything was a massive hurdle. But like I joined A players, I started a podcast and that blew my mind. And I did courses and got VIP clients. And you know, and then I'm I'm just like, oh my God, look at these things I've done. But the biggest one now, I think, is I'm just about to launch a product line. It's going to come out in March. And I've designed an affirmation deck. And it's a customizable one. So the person can really make it speak their words and their language and what they need to hear and, and get from the product. And I realized because that's what people were asking me for. And when I wasn't in a doing mode, I would have people reaching out and being like, when are you having another course? Or can I book in more sessions? And I was like, oh my goodness, like people are asking me for help and I can help them. And even though I did have a patch recently where I was actually really low and struggling myself because of health challenges, and I kind of spiraled a little bit and some of it was intentional because I really do believe there's a time that you do need to pull back to reset. And then I was frustrated because my body was not ready to come back, but my, and I really wanted to. And so I had to do all this self-coaching, but all this stuff I work with other women and in the middle of it and I had this product, these products already in development. And then I was like, oh, I'm not going to do them. I'm like, I'm miserable. Like who would even use these? And then, then a past client reached out to me and was asking to re-engage. And I was like, oh my gosh, and she's asking me these things. And we just kept going back to these words that are on these products I created. And so I was like, okay, I have to put these things out because why wouldn't I? Why the heck wouldn't I, wouldn't I do it? And also while I was helping her, it helped me because I realized this is really what I love doing. 
And so why the heck am I not doing what I like to do when I know that other people can benefit from it? I took a a little bit longer break than I needed. And, and I just took the deadlines off my product so that I could still do them. They're not perfect at all, but they're done and done to a level that I'm proud of. And I feel like like a really good quality. And so they're coming out in March and I'm just so excited because you know, I just like, how in the world did I go from a hobby to a podcast to VIP clients? And now I have a product line coming out, which is pretty cool. Well, I mean, this is it. It's like, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens through taking these very specific and scary steps. And the thing that you touched on that I love is that a thought leader sees new ways of serving their people and they answer the call right? A regular old business owner wouldn't have, they would have just been like, that sounds like a lot of work. Thanks for the suggestion. No. But because you you had this inkling already and you had so many people who were turning to you and, and wanting these new ways of support, you just stepped up and answered that call and said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. It's probably not going to be perfect, but I want to get it out there in, into the world. I feel like this is this is how I felt about my book. Just FYI, in case anyone thought that I was like super excited to become an author, I was not. But I just knew I could help a lot more people at a $23 price point and I could do it efficiently because as you grow your business, all of us do one-on-one services as well as group offerings, I believe, right? Yeah, so you just run out of hours in the day. And I remember having this conversation with you, Jeanette. I was like, you will not be able to serve that many clients in a week. You're going to burn yourself out physically. And there's, you know, there's always another way. So whether it's products, whether it's podcasts, there are these low cost or, or free ways of reaching and serving people. And I think thought leaders don't get hung up in that stuff, right? Like, oh, I'm doing all this work and it's not, no one's paying me for it. I, whenever I hear someone say, why would I put in so much work in a podcast and it's not making me money? I'm like, ah, because you don't see that it actually is making you money. It is building your thought leadership, which is building your credibility, which is reach, helping reach other people, which is, you know, bringing you new leads and, and stronger leads, I would say. So there's three of us that have a podcast, D, Chris, myself, and Jeanette, you do lives, right? You do Instagram. Yeah. So you're basically, it's a video podcast, basically, <laughs> in my opinion. Are you finding that since you have done that, the customers come more easily and they convert more easily because you've built this trust over time? Does anyone want to speak to that? Sure thing. You know, what's interesting is the no like and trust factor and how you were mentioning ROI or return on investment is not immediate. And for anyone who's not a business owner, I was always an employee. You would expect if you did an action, it would make you X number of dollars, right? Someone signs up for an assessment, it costs $200, you're going to make X amount. That wasn't the case. And what you helped me with, Leanne, was to, again, it's a mindset thing. Thought leadership is also intertwined with understanding with business. There is a patience where I think a lot of type A people like myself is like, hey, I did the thing. Where's my money? (laughs) Why am I doing all these, you know, maybe with Chris and D, I'm doing this podcast. Is anyone even listening? How come there's like zero downloads? It's been two days. What the, what is going on? Right. And for me, you know, getting on a live. Oh, cool. I got two people on here. Whoop de whoop. You know, I could have been booking a patient that would have made me X number of dollars instead. Where's the ROI? And then the proof was how that nurturing bit, that patience bit. Now, granted, my work may be a little different because when I work with postpartum athletes, you got a time frame when you're postpartum and you really want to be doing physical rehabilitation. So I have even like a more urgency sort of thing. It's like, buy my stuff now. But the an example I want to kind of share with everybody was last month for the first time ever, talking about doing things outside of my comfort zone, was I ran my first workshop as a way of lead generation, if you will, right? From a yeah. business standpoint. But facing forwards, it was, how can I get people to know about my courses? I got four courses. Why are people buying a course every single day? I want to be out partying. And having money come in and not think about it. And that just wasn't the case. I'm like, okay, what can I do? So Leanne, without paid ads, I posted on my Instagram and my TikTok and, and sent out an email to my email list. Hey, you know, I was planning to do this free workshop. It's going to be in the next, it's going to be on whatever. It was like five days after. Okay. So no lead time. Yeah. It's going to be about cesarean recovery 
zero to six months. Where do I start? That was the name of the workshop. Do you know how many people signed up? I'm dying to know. 824 with no lead time. No paid ads, no prep. I wrote the workshop literally like the day I posted because I had this idea as a business owner. You're like, Hey, I have this idea. Let's see how, let's see if it works. Right. Like D's like, yeah, just like try different things. Like maybe it works. Maybe it won't. So out of that, it was more like for me, I want to test out if this works. If it does, it's going to be in my general, you know, monthly thing, maybe, but it was a good sales generator. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really the kind of thing I want to see us all doing more regularly is whether you call them workshops, webinars, masterclasses, right? When you step up and host something with you as the expert, even when you're not ready, you are getting people who you are still further ahead than them. That's really the point of being a thought leader is you don't have to be a million miles ahead and you don't have to know it all to be a thought leader. Chris, how about you? Do you want to add to this? Yeah, sure. I think what I've discovered is through my podcast and for people who follow me on Instagram, and this kind of goes back to where I found that I I have clients that are not through word of mouth. And when I find out that they've been following me on Instagram a lot and or listen to my podcast, the, the conversion is so much easier because we've been building rapport. And whether I was aware of it or not, they feel connected to me because they have been listening to me and they have a sense of who I am and how I speak and, you know, where I come from and and how I teach. And so I find that as soon as I find out that they're avid podcast listeners, it's like, they're just like, where do I sign? And so that's where I I really believe in this showing up, right? And where, and this free, free content, it does convert because you're, you're putting yourself out there in a way that's accessible to people. So the right people, when they're ready to do the work, they come and ask me, you know, and, and I find that is really incredible. It's a, a big difference than when I started and I was trying to make these calls and it felt more like I was trying to convince people to sign up with me. And now I don't have to do that anymore. They're ready and they want my help and they want to work with me. Amen. You took the words right out of my mouth. And this is a big part of why I do encourage a lot of people that work with me, if it's right for them to start podcasts, because it becomes this beautiful platform. So, and actually I'll give a shout out to two of our members who recently started podcasts. Congratulations to Karen Choi and Adrian Schneer, who launched their podcast. And they're both clients of mine. One's an A player and another A player is launching her podcast within the next few weeks. So it just, it just goes to show that it's worth putting in the time to create this beautiful system for you. So Dee, I feel like you probably have something to add in this arena too. Yeah. So being a thought leader, it's about thinking about the long game. So what Jeanette was talking about, about wanting to see that ROI as a business owner, it's like, why is it thing, why are things happening right now? And when you're thinking about the long game, you're making sure that as a thought leader, you're covering all the bases. So there is your social media. There's also the podcast. One of the things that was very big for me last year was about making sure that I'm focusing on growing that email list. And as a thought leader, it's like plugging in those numbers. So how much do I want to grow my following by? How much do I want to grow my list by? And just as Jeanette had mentioned, I found that, you know, things were not happening right away. But within a few months, I had certain individuals always opening up my newsletters. I started to have people replying back to my newsletters that they wanted to learn more. And also, because I was sharing these different types of content everywhere and I was showing up differently, I had the dream clients that started to reach out to me as well. Oh, yeah. The dream clients come when you put in the time, when you really step up and play that thought leader role right? And embrace it, embrace it. So here's one thing. I'm kind of throwing this one at you, but I want to ask about revenue growth as a result of being a thought leader. And and maybe you can trace this back to some of the stuff that you were doing in A Players. But have you seen, because a lot of people that are listening to this might be thinking, well, that's great, but is their business successful? Are they Are they actually living the kind of life, making the kind of money and the kind of impact that they want to make? So Can you speak to whether or not you've seen revenue growth as a result of this sort of stepping up to thought leader? Jeanette, I'll come to you first and then Chris. 
Absolutely. So thought leadership for me was that course creation. And Leanne, you single-handedly said, be as uncomfortable as possible and make a course. (laughs) And I disliked it intensely every step of the way. (laughs) And then when I created it, I promptly didn't really do much with it. I sold nine copies of that. And then I parked it because I was just so over doing something I didn't like. Now, as a thought leader, (laughs) I went back to that and Literally, I parked it for six months, Leanne. I looked at it and I said, this is an incredible course. Well, wait a minute. Not only is it an incredible course, there's a lot more courses in here that easily becomes a course. So now as a thought leader, I have four online courses about postpartum rehabilitation, specifically for the active individual. And when we talk about revenue, first of all, you got to be able to sell those courses. I'm not a salesperson. I'm a therapist. So I'm dilly-dallying in social media doing I don't even know what, what works, what doesn't. Try it out every month. Last year, I was still able to sell $39,000 in online courses. Yes, girl. Right? And that was based on, I have not remotely refined Jeanette E as a salesperson. Like that skill is not, I'm in great resistance. (laughs) We got to spend some more time together then. <laughs> We're going to spend a little more time together. And then going forwards with thought leadership is the fact that so many other therapists, fitness instructors in the in my industry are reaching out to me continuously for the past over three years going, when are you putting out a course for us? I want to learn from you. Yes. So that is revenue going forwards. That is my Q3 plan, Leanne. Oh, I'm excited by that. You know that when your peers start turning to you saying, I think you know, I think you could help me be better at this business. You know, you've made it truly. That's so exciting. I want to go to, I want to hear from all of you. So Chris, did you see, have you seen your revenue grow as a result of either the podcast or any of the thought leader work you're doing? Yeah, for sure. I was just laughing when Jeanette was talking about a call with you because I remember one of our earliest calls. And you asked me, okay, so what are you charging an hour? I don't even remember, but it was very low. And I remember you go, okay, we're going to work on that. (laughs) You know, and so, and for me, that amount was scary. Now I charge what I'm worth with confidence, you know? And so I feel like I'm not spinning this wheel of of exhaustion for doing what I want to do, but it just feels so much better. And I feel like I'm in my better space. I'm feeling this confidence because I know I can help people. And so I know what I'm worth now. And then, so I was terrified and I raised my rates at your suggestion. And then since I raised them again on my own, because I was just like, no, yeah, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Right. And so a hundred percent, you know, revenue grows because it just, and it feels easier. I mean, it's not perfect. There's obviously, you know, we have all of our challenges, but that part, which is such a mindset thing has become a lot easier for me and directly translates to revenue growth. Yeah, there. I love this. There is a direct link between authority and the credibility that you build as a thought leader and what you are able to charge. And yes, there is also a direct link between, you know, your authority and the number of revenue streams you're able to have. A lot of you are talking about implementing new revenue streams through online courses, which I love. Dee, how about you? I know, because we talked about this at MoppoCon, I know you have made more money. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. <laughs> so I remember when we got on a call, my revenue was quite low. And I found that the revenue that I was charging was bringing in the wrong type of client. So once I increased my revenue and, you know, that fear, there was a fear there that, okay, if I increase my revenue, then no one's going to want to book with me. But what was happening with that, once I increased my revenue, then it was filtering out the the wrong clients. And then it was also bringing in the dream clients as well. Another thing that I found in terms of the revenue is that I created some different goals for myself this year. Being like more, more within my business and being more very clear about what it is that I want. I also find that I speak out more on social media about things that are, you know, that I feel that, you know, they bother me for a, a bit. So for instance, I feel that, you know, I have, I do have a platform. I do have people following me. And sometimes there's things that I should, that I want to speak out about. 
recently what had happened was that I was at a at an event and it was a, a small event and I was totally ignored at the table. And I wanted to share what had happened. I was the only woman of color in the room and literally forms were being were being handed out. There was no no eye contact being made with me. And I was very upset. I was very angry, but I was wondering about how is the best way that I could turn this into and something with regards to education to how, you know, how do businesses treat each other? How is it that we are including other cultures and other type of diversity onto our, onto our platforms? And what I did was I created a, a LinkedIn post. This LinkedIn post talked about how it is that these actions made me feel. And then I reached out to the individual who ignored me. And what I did was I emailed the link to the LinkedIn post and he saw what the community were saying, that this was what they would not stand for. And what ended up happening was that I ended up getting a speaking opportunity. <laughs> I got a couple of speaking opportunities out of it. And when I looked and I did some research, I see that it linked back to that actual post because I spoke out. And these stages, they wanted to include more diversity on their platform. I love this. I mean, a way to take a crappy situation, a situation that it should have never happened, frankly, and turn this into something positive. And, and this is a great example. Thought leaders do, ha- have things that they stand for and then they have things that they do not stand for. Thought leaders are shaping the world around us. And by speaking out against this being overlooked, as a business owner, because you were a woman of color, that is going to create positive change. It's what Chris was talking about in the beginning. So I think it's important. Thought leadership is so much about courage, courage to do the right thing, courage to stand up and, and talk about what we believe in. And it's it can be scary, right? It can be scary. What if no one agrees with me? What if it backfires? I, I forgot to mention that. I mean, there they happen to be paid speaking opportunities. <laughs> so yeah, opportunities that ended up being four figures who would have, who would have thought? And that's because as a thought leader, I spoke up. Well, that is great. Four figure speaking opportunities. So Dee's being paid in the thousands to share what she's already great at as a result of this. Dee, I mean, all of you are just, I, I'm so proud to get to call myself your coach. And one last question I have for you. I would love if you could share how A players, because it's such a unique program, right? It really is this combination coaching slash mastermind, peer mastermind. I would love for you to share how A players helped you in becoming the thought leader that you are today. So Chris, why don't you take this one first? Okay, so many ways, honestly. It's just this group of honed in women who are there to support each other, to learn from each other, to learn from Julian and to see what we're capable of and to push the boundaries. And so the support... And the accountability elements are massive. And I I think for me and my personality anyways, that without those, I would have continued to stay in excuse mode and, you know, putting it off, putting myself last because I've got my three kids, I've got my husband, all this stuff. So it really helped me prioritize my own vision for what I wanted my life to be and which is exactly what I help other people with. And then the connections I've made with so many of the women in the groups and bowl sessions, it's just invaluable. Several of them were daily or weekly or connected with. We bounce ideas off each other. We support each other when in our businesses and personal lives. And and so I think A players just really gave me that confidence and let me step into realizing that it that I'm worth it and I can do these things. And yeah, and, and I just like I needed to get over myself. And that's what A players did. It just it, it challenged me. It almost dared like I feel like it dared me to do things. Because in fact, Leanne did dare me to start a podcast. And, and that's what it's about. And so I'm just like, yeah, of course. Like, why the hell not? Like, what, what, what else am I waiting for? This is one life. I'm just going to give it my all and see what happens. And I'll learn along the way. I'll fail. I'll try things and I can adjust. And I don't know. It's all a great experience. And I'm like just doing what I want to do. And A players just really gave me that support and connection and accountability to be able to do that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Dee, how about you? So I would have to say, I'm going to pull out three things. So A players have allowed me to be unapologetic. I'm always so concerned about what are people going to think if I share something on social media? 
what is my family going to think? And I love my family, but, you know, I put them first and I don't think about my business and I feel guilty about running a business. So I no longer feel that. And another thing that a prayer for helped me with is setting up boundaries. And there's like boundaries in so many different areas. Boundaries with family, boundaries with clients. But up to this day, I am implementing boundaries like every single day in my business. And that could be that when I onboard a client, letting them know they can only reach me through this particular email or letting clients know that, you know, when we send content to them, that it's okay for me to set rules, but they have to make sure that they send back the content for approval by a certain time. So these boundaries are allowing me to run my business more efficiently and also to give myself the time as well. Another thing that I really love is that with A players, the focus is on immediate goals. Now, maybe you can have a third, but as business owners, we have like way too many goals. So one of the things that I definitely have to say that helps me every single day is that for a quarter, I have two goals. Every single day, there are two goals. And I find that when I'm chipping away at those two goals, I'm getting more done and I'm pushing my business forward. Yes, less is more. Such great, such great words of wisdom. Jeanette, how about you? How did A players help you become the thought leader you are today? Well, in addition to the concept of community that Chris was talking about, I think that is absolutely massive, especially in a time of COVID. In the last two years, there was no in-person connection. That was invaluable, Leanne. Secondly, you know, what Dee was talking about being unapologetic and being able to like create her day. That's a mindset part where I didn't really appreciate. But what really was a big thing for me that I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't know was I didn't have a clear customer. I thought I did. I'm an athletic therapist. I work with athletes. I'm going to be working with, you know, women giving birth, but I didn't communicate that. So Leanne, that what TSN turning point for me was when you were like, Jeanette, who is this course for? Like what, what lights you up? Because I was creating, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a postpartum course for everybody because everybody has, you know, substandard postpartum care. And you're like, Jeanette, who do you really want to write this for? And when I said athletes, I only want to work with people who have an active, healthy lifestyle and they want to execute an action. And you're like, Jeanette, you just lit up. Let that be your passion, your driving force. So that was the first time I really thought about I got to love what I do. I can't just create a business similar to the job I just left that made me think, oh, I got to go to work again today. You know, that kind of thing. And that has led me to really think in a different way, Leanne. And mindset was the biggest thing in A players. Like, who are you really, Jeanette? And what are you actually offering? And I just want to say thank you to Dee for pulling out the, I am a woman of color, right? I suffered really bad postpartum depression. Now that I'm out of it, own that. Connect with your people. I was a competitive runner and a rugby player. Own that. Like, where's that connection with your people? And I always thought I was authentic, but Leanne, you ch- you changed that concept into a business concept. Not that you're fake and you're flake. It was like, well, why are you trying to communicate to your people? So your people, your people know to work with you. That has, it's a constant. So everybody who's listening, that for me, that's still a constant. It's always being refined. What, who am I talking to? What am I writing this for? Like, who, like what, not just how much money can I make, which was the first thought I had when I signed up for eight players. It's like, how much money can I make? It's, it's more than that. It's way more than that. Yeah. It, it is, it is the money and the freedom that comes with it, but it's the who you are becoming. And each one of you touched on this piece that I think is, is so powerful is in order to become a thought leader, to grow a successful business, it takes support, it takes accountability, and it takes a lot of focus. And it takes a lot of courage to do the things that people think are crazy, that people tell you not to do, that your peers are terrified to do. You all are such beautiful examples of what is possible when you choose to move through that discomfort. And and I think the biggest thing, investing in yourself so that you can be surrounded with people who are also doing that. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are 
not giving yourself the gift of exploring what A players can do for you. I, I talk to so many people who will say things that break my heart. Like, I don't think I'm ready for A players or I don't think I'm, I, I'm not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. And I call total bullshit on that. You are only delaying for yourself what you deserve, what, what all of you deserve. If you're listening to this, you know, I, I just, I just know that by stepping up and being the woman that you want to be, you are going to have the business success that you're craving, but you have to have the courage to take the first step. So ladies, thank you so much for being here. Once again, if you could tell everyone where they can find out more about you, because I'm sure people are going to want to go and check you out. So Jeanette, where can people find out more about you? Social media. So on Instagram and TikTok, my handle is Ask Jeanette. So A-S-K-J-A-N-E-T-T-E. Ask Jeanette. And I'm very active on the both of them. Dee, how about you? You can find me on LinkedIn at D Boswell Buck or definitely on Instagram at D Boswell underscore Buck, where I share a lot of tips that you can use. They're easy, doable, and actionable. And you could follow me in my stories where I share some more behind the scenes with regards to social media. And I'll see you there. Awesome. And Chris? So I am on Instagram mostly or primarily. And my handle is this is a little bit better. My website is a little bit better without that this is. And my podcast is also the same name. Awesome. Awesome. Ladies, thank you so much. I consider it an honor and a privilege to have had the opportunity to work with you and, and still work with you in the Mamas & Co. community. I think you're all amazing. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being the incredible thought leaders that you are. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. 